Sparty postgame, midseason awards, and why we're never moving to Utah. All that and more next on Dotting the Eye with Davis and Chad. What's up, Buckeye Nation, and welcome back to Dotting the Eye with Davis and Chad. This is episode 46. We're coming to you straight after a nice little win over Sparty last weekend and going into what I consider one of the worst weekends of my life, which is the Ohio State bye week. How you doing, Davis? Doing pretty good, man. Uh, Just trying to find something to do this weekend, I guess, with the family (laughs) to kind of pass the time and, I guess, pay my dues and... Wait for uh, our next matchup in a couple weeks. What are you talking about, dude? The baseball players are on, man. Yeah, but I'm just saying, you know, sitting in front of a TV the entire Saturday watching nothing but football is kind of out of the question, even though it sucks because there's actually some pretty decent matchups this weekend. Well, you already know. You and I talked that I took a 14 parlay this weekend, so I will be watching some football. (laughs) Yeah. And spoiler alert, uh, our prop bets are going to have to do with those matchups. That is true. So let's get into this Michigan State game right off the rip, man. Give me your thoughts. What are your first thoughts when you think about it? Um, It kind of felt like the Wisconsin game 2.0 this year. I mean, we could do pretty much whatever we wanted to on offense. The defense looked pretty strong, Uh, minus a few minor mistakes. uh, It was a pretty dominant performance overall. I mean, there's not much to go into detail other than that. I mean, I could sit here and read off stats saying we did over 600 yards of offense. I mean, we kept them to seven total yards of rushing. We only gave up 200 yards of offense to them. I mean, we basically, you know, had over 400 yards extra of offense over top of what they did. Uh, I know the score 49 to 20 doesn't look as much of a blowout, but I mean, the score didn't even tell the tale. Like it was complete domination. The only thing that basically didn't go well is that Stroud threw his first pick six of the year or actually is of his career. Um, but other than that, I mean, it was pretty dominant on both sides of the uh, of the ball. What would you say? Seven yards rushing. Holy cow. I'm telling you what right now. If anything stands out to me, it's that right there. Seven yards rush. Dude, I accidentally fell down a flight of stairs and went farther than seven yards. You know what I'm saying? You that is un that is absolutely unacceptable when it comes to a college football program of Michigan State's level. On top of that, um, I will say this. I thought it was pretty much as advertised. I thought CJ came out and played a good game other than that one little miscommunication he had, uh, which resulted in the interception. But, I mean, that that, that stuff happens. You know, it, it kind of is what it is. It wasn't like the week before where I was giving him crap because I felt like that was a bonehead play versus this more of a miscommunication between him and a receiver. But I thought we were as, as advertised, man. Um, I, we continue to roll on. To be honest with you, I think we're at the point in the season where – um, you know, we're just waiting for the test. We're waiting for the second half of the season. We're waiting to see what's in front of us here. Uh, the meat of our season is really coming up in the second half. And I, I think that's really going to tell the tale about this team. Cause to be honest, we haven't really played anybody yet really worthy of talking about. I mean, do you agree with that? Yeah. I mean, there's this whole argument going around and it's not just focused at Ohio state. Obviously it's fo- focused at, the team up north, and it's focused around anyone. And the question is, well, you haven't even played anyone yet. 
you know, I, I don't know what the expectation is. Like, we're supposed to constantly be going against top five teams every single game uh, or even ranked teams for that matter. But for some reason, you know, people are so quick to immediately look at a strength of schedule or who you've played and immediately bash you and say, well, that's that's not what they, you know, they're not playing anyone. Those numbers aren't real. Well, I understand that. That's why it's an average. And that's why, on average, if we play a worse team, we're going to be above our average. If we play a better team, we might be a little below our average. That's why it's an average. That's why we have average points per game. It doesn't mean every single game we're going to score 48 and a half. It means some games we're going to score 50 to 60, some we're going to score 30 to 40. I agree, but I tend to kind of side with them a little bit at this point in the season, considering the fact that, dude, the Big Ten is such a turd. It's a turd. It's really other bad than about three year. teams. It's, it's really, really bad. bad man. Yeah. So at this point, when they're like, "You haven't played anybody," I'm almost looking at them like, "Yeah, we but know." Yeah, but at the same time, no one's really played anyone. I mean, over the the first six games, I mean, you keep winning. Winning will eventually take care of itself. Okay, I get that. And a little spoiler alert again. You know, we're gonna get more into maybe what the CFP upcoming might be thinking moving forward. Because I know that's one of the, you know, prerequisites or the, you know, the things they check off the list of when they're looking at teams and they look at strength of schedules and stuff like that. But, dude, if you just keep winning, it's not going to matter. I mean, if you wanted me to tell you right now who I think the best team in the country is, it's us. And I do not think I'm being biased in saying that. You've seen weaknesses in Georgia. You've seen weaknesses in Alabama. And aside of the very first game of the year – that was still a ten, you know, a double digit victory over a top five team at the time. We've looked the part, man. I mean, I think that we're the only team that really hasn't shown like a hiccup or a kink in the armor. I mean, really noticeably, really the only kink I could think of in our armor is obviously our defensive back play uh, this year has not been strong. Um, and you know, I don't, I really don't think that's scheme or our coaching. I just think that's that that's the learning curve that we're in. I think that's. You know, uh, there's other things on the on the cusp of that. I don't think it's just, oh, Jim Knowles can't coach corners. I, you know, I don't really think that. But I will say, if if there is a chink in our armor, that's got to be it. Yeah, I mean, you may be right. No, um, I am right. I was just okay. telling you. Oh, so you're just telling me now? Okay. <laughs> I'm glad you finally <laughs> finally grew a pair and decided that you're going to be somebody. Now that's yes. Ain't no gas. It's what it's going to be. Gas. That ain't no gas. That's what it's going to be. Yeah. <laughs> um, so just to kind of finalize, uh, you know, some of the dominance that we saw against Michigan State and some of the trends that we've been seeing over the last handful of games is we continue. And I want to focus a little more on the defense. I know it's so easy to talk about the offense, but I want to talk about this defense because I really sat down and thought about how good this defense really has gotten. And we continue to be super efficient at getting third down stops. I mean, we kept Michigan state to three on 11 attempts and I don't know what our yearly average is, but I know it's under 30%. I mean, which is really good. Um, obviously, you know, we're probably only giving up, you know, close to 260, 270 yards a game on average. And that's it. And our point total, I mean, we're giving up what about 15 and a half. I think the updated rankings has our defense and total defense is seventh in the country. And I know, you know, it, it does matter who you play a little bit, but you know, if you're really just going to take it at face value there, 
We're seventh in the country. Guess who's eighth? Georgia. Well, I'm going to say this right now. For anybody out there listening to this podcast that has any doubts about about what Jim Knowles has done since he's been here, I think you need to wake up and smell the coffee a little bit, man. We said at the beginning of this year that we needed to manage expectations coming into the season. And already, I can see fans out there just blowing it out of the water. Oh, we got to do something about this. We got to do something about that. Just relax. It's year one. It's year one of Jim Knowles. And look how much he's improved, man. You can't you can't get your cake and eat it all right away. I mean, he's been a he's been, like we said, an Ohio State coach for six games. Give the man a second, man. I think what he's done is is way beyond expectations, man. And and I'm I'm thrilled to death with it. Yeah, I mean, statistically, he's got us in the top ten already. And close to the top five. I know that we're getting ready to play some better opponents, and uh, I know everyone else also has some backloaded seasons, so things will work itself out. But there's a clear difference between the defense last year and this year. Clear difference. And knowing what our offense is capable of, I think it's very safe to say that this year definitely feels like a championship or bust to me. Um, I feel like this is... Uh, probably going to be the best offense, maybe statistically, that we've ever had or very comparable to last year or 2019 with a defense that is just as good as almost 2019. I don't know. 2019's defense was pretty good, but, you know, I, I think we have enough weapons. I mean, I think our offense is better in 2019. So I, I don't know another way to put it, dude. I just feel like this year for me feels like national championship or bust. I do, you know, we've talked about the secret formula before me and you. And what I mean by that is, if you look at the people that have won the national championship, you know, over the last 20 years, 25 years, there's kind of a specific formula. And that is that you have to have some kind of defense. The Oklahoma's the Big 12 offense to go up and throw 60 on you, but they play no defense at all. They never win a national championship because they end up coming up against an Alabama or somebody with a really decent defense and a really decent offense instead of just a out of your mind offense and no defense. That's not the formula. You have to have some defense. And like you said, we have that offense, that Big 12 out-of-your-mind offense whenever we want to use it. And now that we're getting a little bit of defense, dude, that is a dangerous formula. And like you said, it's, I, to me, yeah, it's, it's national title or bust. Well, first I want to you know, pull Michigan's pants down and you know, give, give them a little bit of red ass. But after that, it's national championship or bust. Yeah, absolutely. As a matter of fact, when we're talking about you know, really needing a defense to win a national title – um, really since the, I think the BCS era all the way up until, you know, you know, all the way through the playoffs, there's only been two national championship teams that have had a defense that was ranked outside the top 25. Can you name those two teams? Ooh, man, that would be hard. I'll even give you a hint, dude. They were both in the playoff era. They weren't even in the BCS era. Really? Yeah. No, man, I, I don't, th- uh, I take it back. I take it back. One of them was BCS. The and I was playoff. Don't think I could come up with it off the top of my head. Tell me what they are. So the Auburn team with Cam Newton. Yeah, I um, would. I probably wouldn't have guessed that. They were not a top twenty-five defensive team, and Joe Burrow's LSU team. Really, that yeah. one kind of surprises me a little bit. Yeah, they were not top twenty-five uh, defensive ranked teams. Uh, I don't know how far off they were, but uh, that's kind of where the cusp really is, where you kind of draw the line to see if you're a real contender that year if you're more of a pretender and it's getting your defense in that top 25. And I think uh, the main reason why Joe Burrow's team uh, was able to pull it out is because they had a historically good offense, like maybe one of the best 
offensive teams in the history of college football. Um, Auburn's team was more opportunistic, and Cam Newton was just an X factor when he played at Auburn. And uh, if you remember, they kind of barely snaked by Oregon in the national title game and went on a last second field goal. So it wasn't, they were super dominant, but they just did enough to get it done. So, um, you know, so basically what it's saying is if you do not have a defense that is ranked in the top 25, it's pretty rare to win a national title under those circumstances. unless a lot of things go your way. So if you want to have a realistic chance, because, you know, you can always count on offense, always clicking at some point, you're going to have a game where things are not working out, where the turnover bug hits you, where drops are happening, where calls are going against you. It's going to happen. I mean, we saw it happen in 2019 against Clemson in the semifinal game, where I still tell you we were the better team. We outplayed them in so many facets of that game and still lost. There's some years where you feel like, okay, we're, we're bringing in a lot of younger guys. And I felt like that last year. To be honest, you know what I mean? Especially on defense, you know, which we all know how that went. But I'm just saying, um, I, I felt that way. But then there's some years where you're like, okay, this is the prime year. Because we know we're losing him. We know we're losing him. And I feel like this is it, man. This is the chance. If we don't win it this year, I I don't see us. And I could be wrong. I mean, I, I can't see into the future. I don't have a crystal ball. But you're right. I do see a little bit of a drop-off next year. I, I don't think we're going to be having the same conversation next spring. We're at least not going to be as dominant next year. I, do I think our defense is going to be even better next year? Yes. I think our defense will be better next year than it is this year. Uh, but I think the offense is going to come back to earth a little bit. I mean, when you lose a player like C.J. Stroud, uh, we'll lose Mayan Williams. Uh, there'll be a handful of uh, other people we'll lose. Uh, we still have a lot of key players. But, man, I mean, when, you, when, when you're losing C.J. Stroud at the end of the day, who's most likely going to be a top draft pick, um, you you cannot just replace you cannot replace that position. I mean, you could try to fill in and I, I don't know how good Kyle McCord really is. Um we've not really give, gotten an opportunity to really see him function with first team and go out there and sling it around, which is another bone I'd like to pick with you before we get into the second half of this podcast is how do you feel about Kyle McCord constantly being put out there and not really running any sort of offense? You know, basically handing it off, maybe a, a once or twice, a little short pass, and then that's it. Like, he's not getting any meaningful reps by doing that. I think Ryan Day is playing a little bit of a dangerous game here. I think, like you said, I think he's made promises to CJ um, about possibly his Heisman campaign. And I think that he's also playing with, the, uh, you know, you can't be too much of an a-hole and go out there and sling the ball around when you're up 30 points. Um, all that added together equals to me. I think CJ's probably been out there a little too long, uh, more than a couple games this year. And I do think if if Kyle McCord gets put on the field, dude, let's see what he can do because, dude, it it, it takes nothing for CJ to go down. A wrong step, uh, you know, a, a a bad tackle, anything, dude, and he can go down. And at that point, McCord is the guy. He's your guy. How are you gonna feel, man? You know, on a Big Ten game on the road or in the CFP. And Kyle McCord is your guy, and he hasn't really thrown a pass to a first-team member of this offense yet. Uh, that does not make me feel good. I take it back to Kenny Guyton, dude. 
when they brought him in, I felt so comfortable with him because he had a lot of reps with the ones and he made stuff happen and they let him throw the ball. And that's what they got to do with common court. That's what you need to do with any of your backup quarterbacks, man. He's got to be the guy that you can rely on if CJ goes down. And right now, I don't think I think they're cutting him short, not giving him the opportunity to do that. I mean, I, I completely agree. I think it is a complete waste of time to send Kyle McCord out there if he's going to do nothing but hand the ball off. And then occasionally with second team, third team offensive linemen, second team, third team receivers and tight ends and running backs in there to where it's even an obvious passing play too. Like there's no, you know, rhythm to it. No trying to get the defense off. You know, it's just, it's, it's not meaningful reps because it is not truly what would be called or what he would even see or even who he'd be playing with. I understand why he's in there, but at least and I'm not saying he has to sling it all around the yard, but at least call some sort of offense, something where you are actually intentionally trying to, you know, maneuver the ball and kind of work it down the field. I'm not saying take shots down the field, 30, 40 yards, but dear God, See, I am saying that though. I'm saying let him come in, let him come in, dude, and go for broke for a series or two. The heck with it. I, I would just tell him, hey, we're trying out this quarterback, man. If you can't stop it, that is on you. Let him come out and sling it for a series or two, and then go back to letting him hand the ball off. That's fine, but man, let him get something in. Yeah, I get it. All right, so we've officially reached the halfway point of the season, right? So we're six and zero. We're, we have our bye week next week, and then the following week we will be hosting Iowa, and it will be a noon game. Um, I believe it's on Fox, if I'm not mistaken. So next week we will be doing our bye week show, and you'll just have to listen in, but we promise it will be a very fun, interesting topic that I'm sure a lot of you guys are going to be interested in hearing. I'm so excited, dude. Yeah, well, I'm going to be doing my homework for that episode. I'll tell you, I'll, I'll at least give you that hint. But... Um, for this episode, since we don't really have a game to preview, we thought about coming up with a list of things and kind of, I guess, giving some mid-season awards. Um, we're going to be going through a list of things that we feel about the offense and, uh, some various individual things, uh, the same thing with defense. And then we even have some fun, I guess, superlative kind of awards that we might want to uh kind of give out but it's just something that you know kind of gives us a chance to review that first half and kind of get our take on what we've seen so far okay start us off man um we'll just go right down the line here uh i don't know if you have yours in order i know we've had to do our homework a little bit to kind of fill these out but uh we're gonna start with the offense okay yeah uh best player for me it's cj stroud as much as it pains me cj stroud yeah, I know how badly you want to pick Kyle McCord. Uh, you know what? That was that was a, a kick to the crotch there. I'm gonna let that one slide though. I'm gonna That's hobble fine. back to the huddle. I got it. <laughs> Listen, I will never let you live that one down. Just like you never let me live crap down. Uh, who who knows? You're gonna find something to get on me. I will. I know you will. All right, best wide receiver. You go on this one. Oh, Marvin Harrison Jr. Hands down. I got the same. It's got to be Marvin Harrison Jr. I know he doesn't have his the most yards. That's uh, Emeka Buka, but he's kind of filled into that Jason role, more that slot role. So he's going to get the yards. But Marvin Harrison Jr. is an absolute animal. I think he literally right now is the best wide receiver in college football. 
Dude, he 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 possesses intangibles um, that other people just don't have. He he is something special, and he's going to be playing Sundays, um, and I think he's going to be playing Sundays for a long time. Yeah, I dude, same same. I know that's going to be a little bit of a spoiler for another one we have, but yeah, same. Uh, best running back. This is surpri- I might surprise you here, but I I got to go with Mayan Williams. Oh man, I'm gonna go with Boom Heron. <laughs> yeah, I bet you will. First of all, don't knock Boom Heron. He didn't. He was not a bad running back. Oh man, Boom. that was like some of the worst. Listen, oh. I'm pretty sure there was a season he got like 1,300, 1,500 yards one season, and you know, yeah, almost... on 1,300 carries. <laughs> well, he had to run a lot because Terrell Pryor couldn't throw the ball. Oh, here we go. Listen. And the candles lit. Well, <laughs> you shouldn't have brought a Boom Heron. <laughs> all right, best running back. Uh, man, you know, I got to go Mayan Williams, man. I know. And, and it's not something I thought I would have said. But, and I'm not even saying, I'm, I'm just telling you what I'm seeing on the field this year. Mayan is the better running back this year so far. I mean, somebody, change, somebody told could, you that coming into this year. Somebody was telling you that. That was me. In case yeah, you didn't know. I mean, you, I wouldn't know if you were saying he was the better running back, but I definitely know we've had talks that he's the more trustworthy one. But I'll, I will give you props that you have been high on Mayan, and I have come around. I am a believer in Mayan. I think he is. I think he's really damn good. Yeah, I do too. Okay, let's let's move on because we got a bunch of these. All right, um, give me your breakout player on offense this year. Uh. To me, hands down, Cade Stover. And the reason I'm saying that is because, dude, I had no idea. The kid is a monster. He's, you know, he needs a little bit of work, but, dude, his heart is there. And I just didn't see that coming, dude. And I think he's a real weapon. So I'm going Cade Stover. I have nothing to add to that. I, that's exactly who I put as well. It was. Did Cade you Stover. really? I did. I'm kind of shocked about that. Okay. No, I mean, I think it's pretty obvious. I mean, if you're thinking on offense— I mean, he was the biggest surprise. I mean, everyone else, I'm kind of getting, for the most part, what I'm expecting out of that. Cade Stover just came out of nowhere, and he's been a, a huge factor in this offense. So I completely agree. And I don't even think that's even a question. I think he's the breakout player. Well, here's the one I'm, I'm waiting on you for. Most underachieving offensive player. Who you got here? Lead us off. Man, I put two names here. I did, too. I put two names here. But it too. Go on. One one of them is not his fault, but it's JSN. Jackson Dude, I wish I Jigba. could take a picture of mine. Who's the second one? Henderson. I put the same exact thing. Is it I'm really? I wrote JSN or Henderson next to mine. That's exactly. I put JSN I slash Henderson. I will take a picture <laughs> of 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 my list and I will send it to you. I promise. But I can't fault JSN. It's not his fault, but that is definitely it's been very underachieving in the fact that, you know, we've not gotten to witness what he's capable of. You know, I'll be honest, I'm almost at the point where I don't even know if it'd be a good idea if it came back. And I know that's crazy to say, but there's only one ball. And Julian Fleming's really starting to roll. You have Emeka has his role in the slot now. Um, everyone's kind of filled into the role. Look at what our offense is doing. I have a feeling if JSN comes back. I don't know if it might screw up some of the rotations or the the vibe between the you know what I mean. I mean it's very possible. Yeah, the chemistry going on. They've they've yeah, got there's, a they've there's got a really good going. chemistry. It's not that I don't want them on the field, but I worry that that could screw things up. And then Henderson and 
I think some of it, again, is not to blame with him. I think he's been a little banged up again this year as well. But he just he doesn't he doesn't look like the same guy he was last year. And I don't know if he's trying to run maybe a little safer, a little more careful because he was banged up quite a bit last year. But I had a lot more high hopes for what he was capable of. And I'm not saying that he's done a bad job this year, but it's definitely been underachieving based upon what I thought he would be. Yeah, same here. I I expected more big runs. Uh, you know, I'm not saying he hasn't had some big runs. I'm just saying I expected more explosive plays from him. Um, that just haven't quite happened. He he hasn't been that guy that he was at the end of last year yet this year, I feel. Um, right. he's still getting yards, um, but he just doesn't have that that breakaway, that game changing, you know, play that you know, I'm just not feeling it. I, I feel like he was a little bit less than I thought. So Okay, yeah. give me your biggest surprise this year. It's actually, a tie. I, I, actually, it's got to be me. It's got to be me. You went first last time. I will go. My biggest surprise is Julian Fleming. Um, really? Yeah. I I knew that he was finally coming off his injuries, and they say he was healthy and everything, and finally see him on the field and making some plays. Dude, he's a dog. He's pretty damn good. And I didn't really think he was going to be that big of a factor, and he's kind of proved me wrong. So I'm genuinely surprised with Julian Fleming, which is one of the reasons why I said maybe JSN coming back may not be you know the worst thing if he doesn't. It could be. I do. I wasn't surprised um, that Fleming is as good as he is. I just didn't think he'd see the field. I mean, you didn't expect JSN to go down like that. You know, I thought he was going to rotate rotate some time with either Igbuka or Harrison Jr., whichever way that, you know, that unfolded. Um, but I didn't see him getting in there as much as he has. But I'm I'm honestly not shocked. You know, I've heard people talk about him, you know, and from what I've what I've watched, I thought he was I thought he was going to be awesome if he got in. All right. So who's your biggest surprise? It's a tie. You already know it's Cade Stover. And um I coupled that because I couldn't decide between the two. With him and mine. I thought mine would have a good year. I just didn't think he'd have this good of a year. Yeah, I think those are two legitimate uh, legitimate answers. All right. Uh, we still have time to go through, so let's keep going. Uh, best offensive lineman, I went with Paris Johnson. I don't, um, I, I don't think he's given up a sack in, like, <laughs> it's been since, like, last season. Um, I, This is more of a personal thing for me. I like Dewan Jones. You like Dewan? Right tackle. Yeah. yeah, I do. That's my guy. I don't have a lot uh, to spend time on that other than the offensive line has been kind of the unsung hero this year. Um, CJ Stroud has had tons of time to throw. They've created amazing running lanes. Um, that's been the unsung hero of the offense this year. Um, what's his face? Coach came over from UCLA. I can't remember his name off the top of my head, but he's done an amazing job with that unit. And I think the offensive line does not get the credit that they deserve. Yeah, I agree. All right, moving on. Uh, best offensive game performance by an individual. Who you got? I think we're probably got the same. It's got to be Mayan Williams, right? First Rutgers. Yep. Yep. 187 yards, I believe. 190 yards and five touchdowns. Yeah, you got to give that away. I mean, it's yeah. undeniable. I mean, don't get me wrong. CJ's had some pretty good games, but listen, that that game, you know, especially with uh, no Trevion Henderson, you know, he just went nuts, especially with the, the way. Rutgers had their game plan to kind of shut down a lot of the downfield path, you know, the long passing game with Stroud, you know, mine really stepped up and kind of took over that game, even though I know it sounds like, okay, it's Rutgers. Listen, he had a really good game and you cannot take anything away from him on that. I agree. 
All right, best non-starter on offense. This was a tough one for me. I'm not going to lie. I actually went through, pulled up the depth chart, looked at everybody, looked at their performances, and I had to think about this one. This one probably took me the longest to fill in. Yeah. And uh, I went with Dallin Hayden. That's a good answer. Uh, You know, I kind of want to change mine because I guess I I don't know why I felt like I overlooked him, but that is a really good answer. Um, I went with Jaden Ballard. Um, I feel like Jaden Ballard has seen some time with the ones. Uh, he has kind of gotten to be that next guy rotated in a side of the starters. Um, we've seen him with a 70-yard touchdown run or a touchdown catch. Um, you've seen him in flashes. He's done some punt or kick return stuff. Um, I think he's going to be a really solid player, and every time he's come in, I feel like he's he's been a valuable asset to the team. So, But I, I agree. I, I guess if I, in hindsight, I don't know how I overlooked that, but I probably would have went with Dallin Hayden too. I don't like I don't dislike the Ballard pick, to be honest with you. I actually looked at that one, too. And I think, yeah, he's going to be next in line. He's one of those guys. You can already see it, man. He's so young. And I, I really can't see him being next in line. But, yeah, I went with Dallin Hayden just because he's, you know, I don't think he's, you know, I don't know. I don't know what he's going to become, okay? But he's perfect for the situation we got going on right now. He's the perfect guy that you don't have to worry about sticking in there and him not being productive. You know, right. if Mayan's down – if one of the other two is down, um, he picks up the slack perfectly, man. And, you know, I love that about him. So that that's why I went Dallin Hayden. Okay. Give me your most improved player. Man. Did you have that one on your list? No. Okay. That's my uh, bad then. I thought I put that one on there. I may not have. No, most improved player though, man. Oh, gosh. Oh, 100%. I'll, okay. I'll get, I already know. Go ahead. Mine's Mayan. I wrote down Mayan. Yours is Mayan. Mine. I put Mayan Williams because, you know, for a lot of things we said before. I mean, he's come out and he's been stellar this year. Okay. Um, I got to go Marvin Harrison Jr. Now, he showed flashes of stuff when we thought, man, he could be something special, but I think he's just taken it to another level. He has. That's not a bad pick either. All right. Did you do best individual play on offense this year? Best individual play on offense this year? Yeah. No, I did not. Okay. I know I had that. First of all, what list did you give me then? Dude, I don't know. I wrote you like, I don't know what, 60 of these things. So let me tell you what I did for the audience out there. He sends me this list this morning and I'm at work. Okay. No, 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 no. no, Hold on. I sent it to you last night. It looked, well, I read it this morning. It looked comparable to the New Testament. Okay. I pull this thing up. I'm like, what the? So what I did was, because I'm lazy. As I went ahead and copied and pasted it, and then I sent it to my email, and then I printed it out at work like a sheet, and I filled it out, right? So somehow I fill out the sheet. I copy and paste what he sends me, and I don't have half the stuff he has on his. How does that No, happen? that's not true. I might have reworded. I could Look, I guarantee you there's best individual play on that list if you want to go back and look at it. Man, I wish we were on a video. I wish we were on a video freaking Listen, I can look podcast. it up right here. I can look it up right here. And tell you exactly what I texted you because I can see it. Pretty darn sure that that was one of the ones I sent you. I'm looking. You gave me most improved overall player way down on the bottom, but I don't have Uh, most improved player on offense. I don't have any of that stuff. Guys, what he's doing right now is he's trying to muster up where he's going to give me an apology. I'm actually no. What I'm doing is I'm actually looking through my text right now. And okay, I'm. All right, I guess I don't see it. There uh, it is. All right, all right. Here we go. listen, I I don't know why I wrote that down then. 
I don't know anyway. All right, well, let me ask you then off the top of your head. What was, what's your best individual play on offense that you can remember this year? I'll always go first and tell you it had to be this this most recent catch by Harrison against Michigan State where he basically caught it off his shoestrings. Dude, I will agree because he sat like a freaking – like he was sitting in a chair over yeah. – dude, insane. Yeah, that's – as soon as you said that, that's exactly what I thought. So yeah. I can't disagree there. All right, let's uh, let's swing it over to the defense now. Um, we can start rattling some of these off, but give me your best defensive player this year, Tommy. That's a second on Tommy. That's definitely Tommy Tommy Eichenberg all day. Yeah. So, g- give me your best linebacker. We'll skip to that. <laughs> uh, steal Tommy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, obviously Tommy. Tommy. Yeah. Well, we'll get into him a little bit more, but he's he's been unbelievable this year um i knew i had really high hopes after seeing what he did in the rose bowl last year and he has far exceeded what he did in the rose bowl and even if we just had who he who he was in the rose bowl would have been great he's far exceeded that he is easily the most important player on our defense right now yeah i would agree give me your best defensive lineman some people might disagree with me here michael hall jr Dude, he is a beast. I do not disagree. That's exactly who I put as well. It's I'm funny telling how you. much we argue, but yet how similar our lists really are. Yeah, it it, I, it is. And dude, Michael Hall, he needs to be on the field more. He needs to be on the field way more. I don't yeah. understand the amount of playing time that he's getting based on the presu- results that he's producing. I, I don't understand that. He needs to be on the field more. Yeah, that was a crazy thing. I was listening to the OHIO podcast, and they brought this up, and it was surprising. So I'm going to ask you in case you hadn't listened to that episode. No, I haven't yet. Okay, so this last game, he had three tackles and two and a half sacks. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay? How many snaps do you think he played in that game? Snaps? Ooh. How many snaps did he play in that game? And he ended up having, I think, three tackles and two and a half sacks. Man, I'm going to say 15, 12, 15. He had seven. Wow. Seven seven. snaps? Is that it? Seven. Yeah. Isn't that insane? Dude, why did it not feel that way, though? Because every time he was on the field, he was in the freaking backfield doing something. Dang, seven snaps. Dude, I never would have guessed that low. I, I thought I was being low. I knew because you said that it that way that it had to be lower than I thought. So I was really thinking 20, but I said 15. Yeah. Seven. He wow. played seven snaps that game and had two and a half sacks and three tackles. Dude, put the kid on the field. I listen, they have to know something we don't. Maybe again it is saving him for a bigger opponent. But at the same time, man, you know, I don't know if we're trying to protect other people or if we're worried about these injuries, but man. Get some of these guys on the field and let them do their thing, man. Like, you can't sit there and play in fear all the time. Like, if something's going to happen, it's going to happen. Yeah. You know, let them freaking play. So they may know something we don't know. Maybe it's a disciplinary thing for all we know. Maybe it's something dealt with in-house. I have no idea. But at the end of the day, I know that Michael Hall Jr., we both agree, is the best defensive lineman and should be on the field quite a bit more than he has been. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, best DB, I put Tanner McAllister. Did you really? You Oklahoma State fan. Well, that's OSU, isn't it? <laughs> I know. Um, dude, I can't disagree. You and I have talked about this. I like Tanner. You know that. He's fit in really well with this role. 
I still put Ronnie Hickman to this day. Um, I just like the way he plays. I feel like he's a leader out there, man. Um, And Tommy's kind of stolen the show with the amount of tackles that he's involved in every single week. Like, it's insane. I still think Ronnie is like a good number two on this defense. So I, I went with Ronnie Hickman. That's a good answer, too. I mean, I think you can interchange those names, and they both have, have played important roles in, in the back end of that defense. That, And they're definitely cleaning up the mistakes our corners are making. So, And I'm sure mm-hmm. we'll be mentioning that here in a second. But give me your breakout player. It's a tie. I'm not going to toot his whistle anymore. I put Michael Hart Jr., but I also put Tanner McAllister. So yeah, I just thought I, him coming in, especially Tanner coming into a situation where he's transferring – coming into a room he's not familiar with and kind of uh, coming up and becoming what he's become, it takes a lot. You know, it takes a lot to come into that kind of situation. And and I'm sure he's getting a little bit of guff because he's coming kind of coming with the coach. You know what I mean? You're going to get some crap for that. Um, but he's really shown out, and I'm I'm honestly, I'm really impressed with him. Yeah, uh, Michael Hall Jr. is mine as well. Ditto. Don't need to elaborate any more on that. Um, did you do best individual play? I don't think I did because that was the other one I talked about, right? Where I said it wasn't on the list. Uh, no, it was it was on the list. I just didn't do it. But if I had to pick one, it'd be Tanner McAllister's interception. I just felt like our okay. defense really needed it. Like it was a good jump start to let everybody know, kind of like we're we're back. Like you know what I mean? It, it was a turnover we needed, and so I'm going Tanner McAllister. And I have him too, just for a different thing. It was that touchdown pass breakup that Wisconsin almost got before the end of the first half where he basically sprinted like 25, 30 yards and broke up that uh, yeah. pass completion right at the end. But um, definitely Tanner. Um, okay, your best individual game performance by a defensive player. This one's easy for me. And I'm going Tommy versus Wisconsin. 14 tackles, buddy. That is yeah. a monster game. And two tackles for loss as well. Yeah. Yeah, I have the same thing. No uh, your biggest surprise. We may differ here finally. Who's your biggest surprise on defense this year? Still Michael Hall Jr. for me. Okay. I did not see it coming. I heard rumbles of them talking about it in fall, but you know, you hear that and you're like, oh, that's coach talk. But no, they weren't lying. This dude's for real. Um, so what'd you, not, what'd you put then? That's not who I picked. Who'd you pick? Lathan Ransom. I picked him because uh, after the injury he sustained in the Rose Bowl last year, um, I did not expect him to come back and be anywhere near what he is at this year. I feel like he is one of my favorite players to watch on defense. Um, He hits like a truck for his size, and he's someone that I kind of trust in the backfield. And him coming back from that injury and playing the way he is right now, I think that surprised me a lot that he's already playing to that level. Because you think um, Josh 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 Proctor – Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, he he got injured way early in the season last year, and he's had all this for recruit time. I mean, I feel like I've not heard his name hardly at all this year. Josh no. Proctor's almost been non-existent. So, Lathan Ransom's done a lot in far less time to come back and be performing even better. So, he is my surprise. I can see that. Yeah, I can definitely see that. Okay, we, I think this one will be unanimous. Most underachieving player on defense. <laughs> I don't think. Do we even need to talk about it? Or should should we just go? You want to say it on the? You want to say it on the count of three? Yeah. One, two, three. Denzel Denzel Burke. Burke. Yeah. 
Yep. <laughs> there it is. Dude, I've never seen a guy that get, went from that highly touted to playing that well as a freshman to look like a complete dud the next year. I mean, the only other drop-off that I can remember like that is um, Sean Wade. Sean yeah. Wade, you know, when he made that big drop, but he literally changed positions, though. You know, he, yeah, he did safety to cornerback, and he, he got abused that year. But, man, I feel like it's the same thing. I feel like I'm seeing the exact same thing. It's Sean Wade 2.0 going on out there. Like It feels that way. Dude won't get his head around. Dude's getting burnt. Um, He's getting shook. He's not wrapping up tackles. Like, uh, it's ugly to watch, man. It is. I, I can say that on. for... I can say that for all of our corners, though. We are lacking quite a bit of discipline and fundamentals. And I don't think it's that they don't know how to do. I mean, I know that position fairly well. Um, and, and I'm not saying they probably have forgot more about it than I'll ever know. But I just think maybe the game's too big for them at the time. Maybe they're just young. They're making mistakes. I don't know. I cannot, for the life of me, imagine that they don't know exactly where they should be because I'm sure they do. They're just not executing it for whatever reason. It's not being executed properly, and I think that's that's killing them. I don't have an explanation for it either, man. It's just it's disappointing, but I hope they get it fixed. All right, uh, give me your most improved defensive player this year from last year. Most improved. Um, this is not on my list, so oh, my I'll bad. start with that. Um, it's got to be Tommy, dude. Yeah, it's got to be I, Tommy. I thought about putting Tommy. I really did, and he probably is deserving of that. But I re- I put Steel Chambers there. I would have seconded that. Yep. Um, he has definitely filled into that linebacker role a lot better this year. Uh, he is definitely not as much out of place. And I'll tell you what, the times where you know a running back or the quarterback is starting to you know string out towards the sideline, if Steel's after him, he's not turning the corner. Like Steel chases him down every single time. And having that running back speed uh as a linebacker and being able to track down running backs like that and scrambling quarterbacks like that's so important and so that's why i put him as most improved i mean he's even had a few sacks this year and he looks really good all right so to finish up we also did some for fun ones i mean these have no rhyme or reason we literally just did some some things that were funny um so go down your list and list of ones that you have done and then i'll tell you what i put as well but for those of you you know these are superlatives which means it's just something funny something gimmicky has no rhyme or reason to it just something that we thought would be fun okay player most likely to put away a case of beer with no problem dude <laughs> who'd you put Dewan jones man he's six eight three fifty nine <laughs> that's a big boy he dude it probably looks like one of those little kids tea sets when he drinks a beer yeah, probably. Dude, I had, to, I, had to, I had to go with Cade Stover, dude. He's a country boy. You know that guy can put down probably a fifth of whiskey and then a case of beer. Oh, for sure. So it's and still be drive K- home. That's yeah. <laughs> it, it's got to be Cade Stover, man, for me. Okay. Um, I, I kind of want to know this one. Personal favorite player on the team this year? Uh, Where's my personal favorite? I'm going to put it somewhere. Oh, Tommy. Tommy Eichenberg. Really? Yeah, um, I'm. Listen, I guess it, maybe it's just because of growing up and watching. But I'm. I think I'm more of a fan of defensive players. And Tommy's the first time he's gotten me excited about the defense. 
And there's just something about watching him, his intensity. He's always in the right place, his effort. He's no bull crap. Um, it's got to be Tommy of the tier for me. He's he's really won me over. Okay. Well, I don't think it'll be a surprise for you here that mine's going to be Brandon Sane. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. Yeah. Sorry, I'm pulling out all the guys that I didn't really like uh, at this point in time just for fun. Uh, Who is no. your personal favorite, dang it? Marvin Harrison Jr. There you go. All day he, long. He's my 1B for sure. Keep okay, you, you pick one. You pick one well, I'm not sure uh, if you've done all these. Oh, I've I done them. All right. Biggest suck up. Did you do that one? No, I didn't. Why? And you knew I didn't. I told you before the show I didn't <laughs> do it. But you, you picked it on purpose. You, did you, you ass. Did them all. You did it on purpose. <laughs> Can I at least tell you who my biggest suck up probably is? Sure, man. You, you got to get it off your chest, apparently. Noah Ruggles. <laughs> Why? Because didn't he get a chance to practice with like the wide receiving core over uh, during fall camp or the cornerbacks or something like that? Dude, where do you get the ass to run down Noah Ruggles? Listen, you know that boy sucked up uh, to the coaches in order to get some playing time other than kicking footballs. Yeah, he probably did. You know damn well. Dude, he, was he reminds me of that, uh, that LSU. Remember the LSU pitcher that lied to the coach? Yeah, he's, hitting. A, like, yeah, he's like, yeah, off. coach, I used to hit dangers. He's like, oh, they wouldn't even let me hit in high school. He's like, what? I didn't know that. <laughs> oh, yeah, I remember that. Yeah. All right. Uh, what player is also most likely to probably play on the Ohio State basketball team? Uh, once again, um, I'm going to have to give this to pretty much anybody on the receiving core. The athletic ability that they have, the jumping ability that they have, I'm going with them. Yeah, I, I went Marvin Harrison Jr., but I can agree just about anyone on the receiving core. All right. Um, who's most likely to start a bar fight? <laughs> okay, now go ahead. I'll let you go first. I picked Cameron Brown. Why? Because he was the only one that actually even tried to show any sort of fight against Michigan last year when he started a fight with the lineman and got flagged for it, for throwing fists at him. Fair enough. Uh, I went with Ryan Day, and I don't care what the question was. <laughs> okay. That's a good. I like that one. I didn't even think about the coach. Yeah. Should have had, yeah, that's a, that's a good answer for that one. Um, I don't know if we should do that one. I might skip that one. Yeah, I'll skip that one for now. Um, trying to think if we did the, did some of these other ones. All right. Uh, how about your biggest bonehead play of the year? You already know. CJ's interception two weeks ago. Yeah. Stroud, and I wrote down Stroud quadruple coverage interception. Yep. That's it. There was just nothing there. No. And that was just thrown up on a prayer, basically. Yep. So. Pretty much. All right. Um, how about what player could you beat in a foot race? <laughs> okay. So I thought about this and I went down the list until I got to the lineman. <laughs> and i okay, decided spo spoiler alert mine's a lineman as well <laughs> yeah i decided probably none of them at this point <laughs> we'd be pulling a hammy after the 20 yard line oh dude 100 i'd be oh beer somebody give me a beer <laughs> so who, who'd you end up putting i didn't i wrote nobody that's what i wrote <laughs> <laughs> I put two but, names. First one I put was Tough Borland. <laughs> <laughs> Wherever he's at, 
I'm st- I'll beat him in a race. Rumor has it he started the 40 a month ago and he's still running it now. <laughs> he's still trying to track down the Alabama receivers. <laughs> uh, and I put Dewan Jones. I put the biggest boy I could find. Yeah, uh, he's he, a big he, boy. Listen, I think oh, if you give me a long enough sprint, I've got to have him, right? Yeah. All right. Um, we'll do a couple more here. Uh, who do you think is going to have the best NFL career? Marvin Harrison Jr. Same with you there, man. That's, he's already built for NFL right now. Yeah. He's got everything, dude. He's got the tools. He's got the pedigree. Um, yeah, I think he's a real deal. Yep, I agree. Uh, all right, let's do the one I said I wasn't sure about. <laughs> what player would you let date your daughter? Now, obviously, we both have daughters that are not old enough to do that by any means, but hypothetically speaking. See, here's the thing. I, I can't answer that question because I need to see the majors. Um, if we're talking like an Andy Katz somewhere, like majoring in gym, uh, no. <laughs> okay. <laughs> like if we're talking like a Krenzel majoring in a bunch of stuff I can't even pronounce. Maybe, maybe we'll talk, you know, what I mean? like, see, it's funny you mentioned that because listen, the name that first came to my mind was Cade Stover because I already know the boy works in a farm and gets up at 6 a.m. every morning. So, you know, he knows how to work. True. And it provide and every, I mean, I guess, you know, being father, that's where your head goes. But uh, I put that or Jackson Smith and Jig because he seems like he's a real nice, humble kid. Those are the ones you got to watch. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> All right, man, give me, um, give me one more. All right. Uh, what player do you want the most on the show, on our podcast? Which player currently would you like to have most on our podcast right now? To be honest, CJ, 100%. Because, first of all, no, no one would ever come on the podcast again when I was done. And B, I'd go live. <laughs> Okay, because I want him to I want him to have to answer the junk, you know, that I ask him because I would ask him questions that we've been asking all season long. I wouldn't. I'd be. I would. I would kill to know the true answer to those questions. Yeah, but he would give you coach talk back, probably. Yeah, I I know know how honestly he would really answer anything that you'd ask him. I wouldn't answer anything I asked me. I know I know he's not going to. Uh, knowing you, yeah, I probably wouldn't either. So <laughs> All right, I, who you got? Mine's kind of gimmicky, but at the same time, I guess I'm saying this name in the hopes that if they're listening, maybe I reached low enough that maybe they'd agree to come on and I put Jesse Murko, our punter. <laughs> well, first of all, you just insulted the man. You said, but, I, well, I just reached low enough hoping that this scrub will call <laughs> Dude, he's, <laughs> dude, he's not listening. No one's listening to this thing. He's like, yeah, nobody's listening. The hell with it. Jesse Merkel, <laughs> if you are listening to this, I apologize. I appreciate you running on fourth down. I'm sorry you got blasted by Crookshank. Please come on um, the show. Please come on the show. <laughs> uh, we will pay you $5 each. That's it. That's about for, all we're for worth. Your, so. For your NIL. Uh, we'll, we'll buy you a Foster's. That's about it. I don't know. Is that are you allowed to say that if someone's Australian, if you can buy them a Foster's? I mean, it seems like profiling, but it is what it is. <laughs> like, <laughs> he's like, yes, right. it is. And by the way, yes, I will take one. Yeah. <laughs> well, dude, that was fun, but uh, yeah, a little something different, man. You know, like we we get tired of just doing, you know, just a 
just a preview and just a you know a post game and stuff like that. So it's nice to just have a little bit of fun with it, you know, because that's that's what we do this for in the end anyway. We give him a little preview of what next week's gonna happen. Yeah, it's my favorite time of year, man. We're gonna talk CFP. So so here's the plan. Davis and I are going to make our own top 20 or 25, whatever we decide. And we are going to do like our own CFP reveal show. And we're going to bring them all the way down, bring it all the way up to one. And we're going to argue. I can promise you this much right now. If the reason you listen to the show is to hear us argue, you might want to tune in next week because we both seem to get a little bit heated when we're talking about the rankings. So that should be a freaking great episode. And I'm excited. Yeah, I mean, we're we're going to go all out. We're going to make sure we do our homework. So that way, when you say, well, why is so-and-so at this number? He's like, well, based upon their strength of schedule here, I mean, you know, we have a full week to prepare for this. And I promise it's not going to be morning of I'm sitting here writing them down in order. No, I'm going to have a spreadsheet. I'm going to do my research. I will look at strengths of schedules. I will look at rankings. I will look at who you've played. I will look at style points, eye test, all of that. The same thing that the CFP committee is supposed to be doing as well, uh, I plan on doing. So that is going to make it very subjective, I think, um, but also objective at the same time. So that's what is going to be a lot of fun about it. But um, obviously the CFP doesn't come out until I think the first Tuesday of November, if I'm not mistaken. So uh, we're obviously, you know, going to be several weeks ahead, but by the time we do that episode, we're already going to be hearing about, you know, some key matchups this weekend, and that is going to probably change what the CFP race looks like. So that's going to get into what we're going to finish with, which is our prop bets this week. So there are three big matchups this weekend, uh, Alabama against Tennessee. Um, Chad, help me out here. We also have uh, USC against Utah. Mm-hmm. And we have uh, Penn State against Michigan. That's correct. And I know part of your parlay that you talked about at the beginning of this is that you took a lot of the underdogs, which were not significant underdogs, but still underdogs. Uh, and that's kind of what we rolled with with our prop bets. So, yeah, if you dude, if you're a betting before we get in, if you're a betting guy on here, because I know some people are, some people aren't. If you're a betting guy, this weekend should be great fun for you. Because like Davis said, nothing is out of the question this weekend. These games could all go either way. Now, will they? You know, most likely not. But they could. And you know what? If you are a gambling person, I suggest highly that you put a few dollars on a on like a four-team parlay this weekend. And maybe sip some Mai Tais on a beach somewhere if you win. Anyways, <laughs> moving on. Perfect. So, uh, first matchup. Uh, I'm not sure if this is the actual order they play, but we're just going to go this way. Alabama-Tennessee. Um, we're just picking straight up. We're not going off any spread. You pick Tennessee, I pick Alabama. I think Chalk wins that one, even though I do agree Tennessee is really good this year. I go Alabama, you go Tennessee. I don't think uh, – I'm not sure if Bryce Harp or Bryce Harper, Bryce Young is going to play. And if he does, I don't know that he's going to be 100%. That's why I took Tennessee. Hey, and you may be right, and I'll be honest. I probably would rather see Tennessee win that game. Uh, next matchup, um, Michigan-Penn State. And it is at the big house. Am I going first? Sure. All right. Well, you know, when I'm thinking about this game, all I could think about was Michigan. So I started there. And from there, I worked backwards. And I came up with Penn State. There you go. <laughs> and and I think it is I think it is possible. Um, but I think Michigan at home. Uh, Penn State may be more of a paper champion this year. 
think I heard. Where's your term. Where's your jersey? Is what your jersey? jersey there? Are you wearing it right now? Which jersey? You oh, know what I'm talking one? about. The old maize and blue. Are you wearing that right now? Dear God. Are we on this again? <laughs> this is going to be a whole season thing, isn't it? This is, I, this is my Kyle McCord moment, isn't it? That's. I wouldn't pick Michigan to beat freaking San Diego State. Go on. Listen, again, I am not picking based upon what I would desire to see happen. I'm doing what I think probably will happen. So I think Michigan will beat Penn State. Well, I'd rather lose at the cost of arrogance. Fair enough. Hey, listen, <laughs> if, as long as you can live with yourself and look yourself in the mirror in the morning, by all means. Uh, okay, Last who's our one, third one? USC, Utah. Yeah. Um, this one's interesting, too. Well, it is interesting because Utah's favored. By um, three. It's basically a pick em game. It is, but I think, dude, I, you know, I'm not saying the USC is back. But I'll tell you what I do know, and that is their coach. Um, and I just think that they're going to pull this one out, dude. I, I don't see them getting beat. I really don't. I'm taking USC, the old mighty Trojans. I'm going to go with uh, Utah playing strong at home. Utah. Playing? It's Utah. What do you mean playing strong at home? Out in the middle of a field? Yeah. Actually, <laughs> actually in the, technically it's in the mountains. <laughs> <laughs> Read a map, John. But, so, I don't even know where we are on the map. Okay. I definitely don't know where Utah is. All I know is there's a bunch of guys that can marry a bunch of women out there. That's all I know about Utah. The important stuff. Sounds like a pretty good place to live, doesn't it? Yeah. <laughs> no. You and I I'm are just kidding. I'm just kidding in case my wife. No, I'm saying one woman is too much kidding. already. Forget three or four. Oh. <laughs> all right. You know what? We're not going down that road. Yeah. No. Okay. <laughs> what the hell? <laughs> oh, I was going to give I you a chance to do the outro you fill this it time. In and then you're like, oh, I was going to okay. give you a chance to do the outro this time. I can't do it because now I'm on that goofy kick where I start doing weird shit. So you're going to go ahead and do it. <laughs> <What>? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why that hit me so funny there first. You time. know, All it's right. true. <laughs> We're yeah. both getting slap happy. We've been at this too long today. Yeah. All right, guys. Well, that pretty much wraps up today's episode. As always, if you want to listen to us, you can catch us on um, all major streaming services, Spotify, iTunes, iHeartRadio, Amazon Music, and more. Uh, also, we have a Facebook page uh, where you can go on there and interact with us, and we also have a Twitter page. So definitely reach out. Let us know what you think. Um, we'll be putting some more polls and some more interactive stuff on there, and uh you know, it's a great way to kind of keep in touch with us and at least keep up to date with whenever we post new episodes. So definitely check us out. And uh, we'll be looking forward to our next episode, our first annual uh, CFP early reveal. So be checking out for that new episode coming next week. And until then, guys, go Bucks. OH. <laughs> <laughs>